Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. This is a podcast from The Bugle. The sun rises on a new year. New year, new you. New year, new you. You look in the mirror at the line that runs down your forehead. You pluck gently at it and then recoil as your whole head splits open, the old you sloughing off in sheets and clumps as the new you crawls wet and quivering from the discarded self of last year. The new you blinks bulging black eyes against the brightness of the sun, then moistens both with the tip of its flickering tongue. Its head cocks too suddenly, too far to the left as it hears a distant signal, bending to run on all fours, too many joints moving in too many directions. It sets off for home for the half-remembered comfort of the gargle. This is the Goggle, the sonic glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and welcoming in the new year. With all of the news and none of the politics are our two guest hosts, James Colley and Alison Spittle. Welcome. Pew, pew, pew. Hello. Hello. Very nice to be here. Every time I'm on with us, I forget, I realise that Alison always goes pew, 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 which is a very cool start. And Thank I'm always you. left with the like, hello, like I'm the first day of kindergarten. It's always, it's always pales in comparison. The year, this year's a write-off, start again. I like to process <laughs> news like a wrestling heel, you know, give myself a backstory <laughs> and a character. <laughs> vital and important. Uh, But before we crouch together and rend sharp teeth into the steaming entrails of the still-living beast that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. And the front cover this week is 16-year-old Luke Littler, who is a contender for world champion darts player. He's 16. He's only finished his GCSEs last summer. After he beat Andrew Gilding in the second round, he celebrated by treating himself to a kebab and a can of tango. And he is the most 45-year-old-looking 16-year-old you will ever meet. And you won't meet him unless you play darts, because that seems to be his jam. Uh, Playing darts, that is our front cover. Dart events, by the way, go off. They have no business being so fascinating and fun, and they should be the most boring thing you've ever been to in your life but like in australia we had a riot based on in a darts event there's the melbourne darts riot which which i've got to say it started it started off with people being angry about the darts for dart reasons and they started throwing their plastic chairs and then very quickly because dudes (laughs) rock and always have rocked it became how many chairs do you reckon we could get in a big pile in the center of this room so then everyone started throwing their chairs together that's amazing that's amazing that's like street darts that's what they call riots it's just street darts we're just throwing stuff that's great I I happened to watch the Microsoft Excel World Championships the other day because somebody sent me a clip of it uh, mainly to say hey there's a Microsoft Excel World Championships and it is commentated by an extremely enthusiastic man who clearly has no f***ing idea what he's watching. Really? <laughs> so the commentary is mainly like, whoa, look at that. Wow, can you believe your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> so how do you win at Microsoft Excel? Like, what? how does one... I, 
I think by entering Microsoft Excel, you've already lost. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Beautiful, beautiful. That is how it should work. It's like Wehmageneden. How far could you get into the year without ever having to open Microsoft Office and the last survivor is our winner? <laughs> Uh, the satirical cartoon this week is Jeffrey Epstein's client list being uh, released in categories of fake news because I like them. Oh, yeah, I always knew there was something sus about that guy. And, oh, boy, I can't wait for the statement. Those are the categories <laughs> officially. I think they should tease one a week. It should be like Survivor. Like they come out there, or the mask singer. They announce like the new celebrity each week. Oh my god! We need to bring back event viewing. Yeah, exactly. I would love it if they announced it like to do with like Premiership football signings, and it's like nonce, nonce, and you just have a video of a of a man turning around and, and folding his arms. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. to go, you get new to you the get team their stats. <laughs> Ah, oh, you gotta laugh or you'll cry slash break out the guillotine. Our top story this week is skimflation news, uh, the sexiest word for a thing that's not sexy at all. Uh, this is skimflation hitting grocery stores amid rising inflationary pressures, which is to say businesses charging more and giving you less. Uh, as a man who always overpromises, James Colley, can you unpack this story for us? I promise you I can, and not really. Uh, so, skimflation, uh, so this is not to be confused with uh, inflation or shrinkflation. Don't you dare confuse it with shrinkflation, which is products getting smaller. This is... And in Australia, we call that prawnflation. <laughs> You can't get away with that when there's another strain in the room. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, so this is remaking a product using cheaper ingredients. Um, so let's say like your your um, Cadbury, and it's very expensive to create a bounty because you have to get the finest chocolates from Brazil and the finest coconuts from, uh, I'm going to say on top of a palm tree. And those are both quite difficult. And it's actually cheaper to get plentiful, affordable glass and you're like, well, people who eat Bounty couldn't tell the difference between a Bounty and glass, and they both taste <laughs> like glass, and they deserve to eat glass, so you just put glass in there. And so this is what, you're replacing ingredients with cheaper ingredients, and a lot of these are like reducing the amount of oil and replacing it with water, which you're going to live longer, but you're going to resent it. You're not going to enjoy <laughs> any of your extra life you're given on the back of this. And then there are some particularly cheeky examples where like this study has cited a blueberry company that didn't include blueberries in the blueberry muffins, which feels fairly fundamental like i feel like swapping out chocolate for chocolate flavoring and stuff you see that every so often but you know if you if you get a blueberry buff it should it should legally have one blueberry at least that feels fair yeah and and, and let's just say a decent blueberry not a wrinkled sad blueberry like if you're only going to have one blueberry it better be the crowning glory of that f***ing muffin oh <laughs> the, the size of the kid from charlie and the chocolate factory surely if it's just one <laughs> let's get a blueberry yeah let's get actual children into it I, <laughs> like skimflation i it, it feels like a modern thing but like the whole food industry has been built up on, on skimflation like anything that you get in a chip shop there are things in like whole where it's, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like chopped meat and potato in batter. And that really wasn't done for, I think this will taste good. It's like, mm. we don't have enough meat to like make something. So we're gonna, 
we're going to add potato and then put it in breadcrumbs and stuff. I hope maybe there's going to be new inventions of food. I mean, we've been seeing this in the comedy industry for years and years as comedians get bigger and bigger and charge more and more for their tickets mm-hmm. for an hour-long show that contains somehow each year fewer and fewer jokes. What, do you mean they, they take out the jokes and fill it with transphobia? Yeah, think, exactly. Oh. <laughs> New and innovative transphobia. And you have to edit out things that Carl Pilkington said that people understand are his jokes and not yours. It's all very difficult. <laughs> I know, Alison, we, we've introduced you to... Um, like last our, our last episode together, we were talking about uh, the chip supremacy, the the chip color packets. Yes. Just a little bit more of Australian cuisine for you on this topic. Do you know what a chico roll is? A chico roll. I'm gonna. I don't. But I'm gonna make a guess. It's yes, the worst please. Mark's brother. <laughs> <laughs> is it like chicken in a roll? Is that what it is? Sounds like it should be, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, the answer is we don't really know. No oh. one knows what's inside there. No one's super sure. And Chico Roll's marketing is like, yeah, we don't know what's in there either, but it tastes good, so we do. Oh, that's amazing. That's like Catholicism yeah. with communion. It's like, could be Christ, but the ingredients definitely say wheat and water. But um... do, do you know? Uh, do you know Pluto pups? Pluto pups? No. Yes. You gotta tell me about this. If if I was to presume, I'd say the offspring of Pluto, the dog. Well, they're they're more of a they're more of a similar to a chica roll. They're a thing on a stick, right? In the same way as Pluto is never quite sure whether it's a planet or not. Pluto pups are never quite sure whether they're something that's edible or not, and maybe mm. they shouldn't be mentioning dogs in the context. <laughs> also, you're you're giving them at a carnival, and I reckon were you given one in like a scientifically hermetically sealed room, you have like a sixty percent chance of vomiting anyway. And then they're like, "All right, eat this now. Get on something that spins real, real fast." Oh my god! It it is like I think it's a novelty of something being served on a stick, though, isn't it? Oh, it's like it makes you stick. feel like a caveman, even though you're just a little boy with a balloon eating candy floss. But you're just champing <laughs> away. Everything's better on a stick. Yeah, is the title of of James Colley's mm-hmm. new porn series. That it's also out. a very important part of Catholicism. Just to loop back there, <laughs> you think he's good now? Wait till we put him on a stick. <laughs> Oh my god. Your ad section now because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Jim's Gym and Gymnasium's New Year Fitness Body Boot Consent Violation Beauty Achievement Camp. You trying to get in on the TikTok looks maxing community? You trying to drop a couple of body weight measurement units? Gain the muscles of a young Arnold in an unfeasibly short period of time? Want to be hot at any cost? We will charge that cost. Our range of fitness instructors are deeply personally invested in your acquisition of abs for reasons they'll never explain, and they will break every rule of man and God to ensure you get all six. Gyms, gym and gymnasiums, New Year fitness body boot consent violation beauty achievement camp. Your pain is our game. (laughs) And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hell of Fresh, answering the question, what fresh hell is this? Each week, we'll deliver a carefully measured and packaged set of ingredients for causing spiritual torment in your very own home. Customised to your hellish preferences and household needs. No waste, no fuss. With canned phrases that are guaranteed to satisfy the urge you have to destroy your own life and the lives of those around you. 
Let us tempt you with a series of small mementos guaranteed to keep your recent failings top of mind. An exact replica of your partner's clothes half a size smaller than the ones they have for optimised gaslighting. Therapist-approved conversation topics so you can be the dad your girlfriend's always trying to escape. Hello, Fresh. What fresh hell would you like this week? Like all advertisements, that made me sad, Alice. That was great. Oh, good. <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Passion Fruit, the fruit of passion. Tough to open, more sour than you expected, and significantly less good than you had anticipated, given the effort. Mm-hmm. It's it's fruit pistachio, a hundred percent. I'm I'm so with you on this. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. Every time you open a pistachio, you're like, oh, not quite worth it. That passion fruit is the exact <laughs> same boat, Alice. Let's. This is all I want to talk about from that one. Well, simultaneously, not quite worth the effort. But then, if somebody presents you with uh, already shelled or p- potentially already. Oh de-glooped passion fruit it's too it's much right. of a luxury like it's mm. too decadent it's it feels like morally wrong for somebody to be given like a bucket full of passion fruit is the rich person's version of this lobster where it's just like it's it's <laughs> so annoying to get to it's almost like they don't want to be eaten and then you're like but you're like well i've got a it's lobster i've got to eat the lobster and then you know it's really just never quite worth all that went into it True, true. I love the way passion fruit goes into porn star martinis, which is my mum's favourite cocktail. I think she just likes ordering it. <laughs> um, but you get like a half a you get half a, a passion fruit served on top of your martini, and um, because I'm such a cheapskate, and if I get any garnish with anything, I will eat the garnish as well, whether that be a carroted rose or a rose carrot or whatever. So I'll just like. I'll just place my tongue in the passion fruit in my local pub, licking it out like a like a very sick cat, do you know? Um, and it just gives me no dignity. That's all I'm saying. No dignity at all. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That brings us to our next top story, which is uh, Apocalypse Now news. This is the news that a Tesla software engineer has suffered serious injuries after being, quote-unquote, mauled by a malfunctioning robot at the floor of uh, the factory in Austin, Texas. Alison Spittle, uh, you've mauled an innocent passerby before. Can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, this is this is what I've always um, suspected uh, about robots and AI and stuff is that they will hurt you. And uh, I would love to be at the HR meeting between this robot and uh, the the person that this robot mauled. Um, what I love is uh, there's an article about in the New York. Imagine that, like Sorry, you're trying yeah. to explain consent to a robot and pain. It's a lot of stuff for that robot to take in. You know um, they don't care about you when they put you in mediation with the robot that mauled you. <laughs> what? And the robot has to speak in like feeling terms and stuff. It's like, 
I feel like your yeah. flesh is just too soft for me not to mull. But um, <laughs> what I love is like this: uh, the article um, brings up so many accidents that happened at like Tesla's factories after, and you're just like. Um, it, it, it's it's just like I would not work in a factory I did work in a factory uh, for one day I worked as a person who puts ball bearings into uh, into office chairs uh, but I realised I was allergic to latex because the gloves I was using broke me out in a rash <laughs> and I was delighted that was the way I found out that I was allergic to latex <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> in a safe work environment it's a good way to find out your allergies um, but yeah, this basically this this robot mold. Did you did you did you resign with a letter that said this is unbearable? Oh my god, Alice! I wish I had you about ten years ago to help me with my with my work issues. <laughs> yeah, because then I then I worked at a, a camel factory. Uh, that was there were there was there were stuffed animals. There was stuffed with straw, and I'd be like, "This is the straw that broke the camel's back." It's all the, you know, it's all simple. Did get to reside with a late text about your latex, so that helped a little. <laughs> my microphone literally gave up at that moment. You might hear a crash on the record there, but my microphone stared went. You know what? No, I'm not participating in this. I'm boycotting the rest of this joke. Someone needs to step in. But yeah, this is a this is a workplace accident in the in the Tesla factory, and they they gripped they gripped and uh, they said caused like some lacerations to the flesh and stuff, which is so scary. But I've been gripped before by like bouncers being thrown out of nightclubs and stuff, and I feel like the uh, the the robot is trying to pretend that it's not as violent as it actually is, you know, by just grabbing you a little bit. But then you know, I don't know no control over itself. Well, the fascinating thing about this story is uh, that it cannot decide how much to anthropomorphise the robot that caused the injury. Um, the, the the language throughout is sort of mixed between using extremely like uh, active language like the robot mauled and a malfunction occurred. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like it, this article perfectly encapsulates the human ambivalence towards robotic help, whether this robot ought to be seen as a sinister threat deliberately damaging its co-worker or whether this is a uh, human error caused by uh, lax safety standards in this uh, in this factory. Yeah, you never say like, I made love to my flashlight. You know what I mean? You don't anthropomorphize it in that way. <laughs> It is the exact problem with Tesla as well. It's a real over-promising. Like, we, they can't even give us a robot apocalypse you could really believe in. What they do is they're like, yeah, 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 we're going to have a robot apocalypse. Anyway, we hurt one guy with an arm. But um, like in, like, 15 years, if the governments get behind us and we get enough defense contracts, we promise we will ruin the whole world. It's actually... We're only, cause this, is, this is a couple years ago, and as Alison said, like, this has only just come to light along with a whole bunch of other mess-ups. And then, just to add to, like, the really bad start to the year, of Tesla. Footage from Kiev this week reportedly showed a Tesla showroom on fire. And you oh, can't, no. you cannot confirm if it's been struck by a Russian missile or that's just what happens to ordinary Teslas sometimes. <laughs> so it could have been just a completely unrelated incident that's gone on there. Actually, that that's what they should be doing. Send all those robot arms out. Do some good for the world. Get them on the front line. Reach out the robot arm of friendship. Um <laughs> crushing the dove of peace <laughs> due to programming error.
Now it's time for our reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. James, what have you brought in for us this week? Oh, I'm worried I might be a little bit early on this one because I love to do end of year reviews, but I always get really busy around the end of the years with holidays and Christmas and all this stuff coming up. So I thought I'd get the head of the curve, get ahead of everyone else putting theirs out. And I was going to do my end of year reviews now. So I'm reviewing 2024. Uh, best movie. <laughs> uh, I haven't really seen anything yet, unfortunately. Sorry, I haven't had time. Uh, best album. Uh, nothing's really come out yet. Uh, best book. I don't know. Biggest story, I haven't been checking the news. Uh, good year, though. Five stars, in my opinion. Really, really all downhill from here. I think we can all anticipate the best book, uh, James, will be your book, which is coming out in the next few months, I believe. Next month? Uh, end of this month. I should know that. End of this month. But that's such a lovely <laughs> plug to shove in this section. <laughs> Alison, what have you brought in for us? I've brought in, um, because I'm never going to have a mortgage or a house, I've got some avocado topping uh, that was uh, <laughs> that I bought. Look at the depressed face on the front of that avocado topping. It's very I millennial. I thought avocado topping was a very specific sexuality. Yeah, what? it is a very specific sexuality. Yeah, it goes along she's with kind of smashed like, avocado. Yeah, she's nonplussed, you know? <laughs> uh, just maybe a bit like avocado. She is like avocado herself because we're we're just putting stuff on her to make it you know she's very plain but it's what we add <laughs> ourselves that make it actually good um the avocado topping it's um it's basically salt um and it cost me about four quid and it's a very small <laughs> packet and i do feel like this is uh my finances in in this is like this is me with my finances in a nutshell is uh, buying avocado topping when it is salt and some sesame seeds and oh crushed chilli but yeah anyway um, I'm going to give it <laughs> sorry <laughs> genuinely I was like I've not been feeling that from you like where is this crushed chilli <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10 because I feel like a millennial uh, having it in my cupboard um, and you know I feel like I'm, I'm a millennial having it in the cupboard that I share with two other people you know that's the kind of thing because I live in rented accommodation and I'm perfect I'm fine about it it's fine and in Australian head of state news uh, which is to say Australian head of the state of Denmark news <laughs> Queen Margaret in uh, Denmark has abdicated the throne uh, in favour of her son who is married to an Australian. That's what that joke was. It's a very long way round if you don't if you don't know uh, about Crown Princess Mary who's an Australian who met uh, the prince in a Sydney bar during the 2000 Olympics which has led to many many a Sydney girl um, getting drunk in a bar <laughs> in the in the many years since. Uh, James <laughs> Um, you've been drunk in a bar before. Can you unpack this story for us? Oh, pity the poor people who went there to meet the Prince of Denmark and found me in a Sydney bar. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, as as I'll tell you, Crown Prince Mary is maybe one of the biggest stories in Australia for so long, and this is massive because over the span of a couple of months, 
things have happened. So they actually have a reason to write about her. They never stopped writing about her, but now things have happened. So it's quite a big deal. Um, so uh, just a quick summary. According to the article I read on this, uh, the surprise uh, abdication of Denmark's queen may be a calculated strategy to save the marriage of her son and heir following rumours he had an affair with a Mexican actress. Royal experts said on Monday to continue reading this article, you can subscribe to The Telegraph, cancel anytime, click here to start your free trial. Already a subscriber? Log in. So some really worrying stuff there early on in the article. Um, this is this is a bit of an unfamiliar area to me because... Um, I would think just personally that if you were covering up an affair from the prince, you just have the princess killed. I would think like, I'm not <gasps> referencing anyone in particular legally. I was just saying, if you're in that situation, like if it was me and I was like the husband of the queen, I would simply orchestrate that. And then uh, a bit further down the track, make sure that any prestige television seriously addressing the happenings of the time got all weird and unwatchable as soon as this came up. That's what I think you should do. Um, I, I do like the idea though that they're fixing the affair by just giving him more to do like, you know here's a new job now you can't have any affairs anymore but this is like the problem with all of this is this is speculation by a bunch of supposed royal experts and look if you have a if you're a dutch royal expert you had some time on your hands it is a nasty shock <laughs> to be called into work this early in the year you had like 1600s was a big time for you and then you were pretty pretty clear uh sorry dane royal expert but in, in look in my opinion all royal experts are about as useful as a cock on the pope and the reason i say this is that this very <laughs> article right now this this article uh puts in this whole big story this is this was put in in sky news australia as the truth the truth about the abdication and the whole first two-thirds of the article is about this affair and potential cover-up and what royal experts say and then the final third is how the queen had back surgery and had been thinking about abdication they filled in for her while she was having back surgery and has just been bit under the weather lately and not up to doing the duties anymore so that's almost certainly the reason why she's doing it but it could also be this insane conspiracy theory that's come from nowhere <laughs> Is there any of that segment that is legally okay to publish? <laughs> <laughs> like, she was getting back surgery from the weight of carrying the monarchy on her back. <laughs> like, uh, I, it's it's so... It, being a royal, I wouldn't want to be a royal um, because I grew up in a council estate and to grow up in a small rural council estate is like being a celebrity in your own right because everybody gossips about you i remember um seeing two women have a physical fight out of my green because one accused the other of uh doing a thing and this really dates it as a, a one accused the other of teletext dating which is where people remember <laughs> cfax and teletext in ireland you could put up personal ads and someone presumed that another person on my estate had done that uh, through detective work and just, I think, the feeling of vibes. And they had a physical fight to sort this out. And I feel that's what being a royalist is like, you know? I, there's a, there's a <laughs> hand across the class divide. 
It's just everybody. Do you know being a royal is exactly like being in a council estate. As in, you need a little help from the government to live, and also people are worried about who you're shagging and how many kids you have. Uh, so it does. It feels very much like being like, like my childhood. I was a princess growing up. <laughs> And that brings us to our final story, a hopeful and good news story on how to improve your 2024 going forwards. As we launch into a new year, we all want to have the best uh, year that we possibly can have, uh, I assume. I I don't know why I'd assume that about you, (laughs) listeners. You're listening to this podcast, after all. Um, (laughs) Have we got any advice, James and Alison, have you got advice for our listeners as to what we ought to do in the year ahead? Imagine if I'm like, uh, invest in gold and buy canned goods. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I don't elaborate. <laughs> do you know what? That's what I'm going to do. F*** it. Invest in gold, get physical gold bars and canned goods and thank me uh, in 2025. I'm going to go the other way. Get as many Bored Ape NFTs as you can. They're coming back, baby. They they dip and they rise. They dip and they rise. They're about to be cool again. I can feel it. It it would be funny if the gargle now started getting into the NFT game. Now that we've seen how it plays out, it's like now's the time. It's a good time to launch it, I reckon. Like, you got Steamboat Mickey coming off copyright. We could start with that. It's time to get some good gargle <laughs> NFTs. Well, some of the advice that is being given by scientists in this article on the BBC is uh, that you should focus on your sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that you should focus on your body. Uh, that you should focus on your mind. And uh, that you should focus on writing original content for your essays. <laughs> this is like some of the most predictable and boring advice. This is not the advice I want for 2024. I want the uh, buy gold advice. Yeah. I want the very specific, very weird advice. Just don't eat a pineapple in 2024. Is That's what I want <laughs> to hear. I don't know why I said a pineapple. I've been, been eating a lot of pineapple recently. <laughs> Apparently that's what the baby wants. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take up darts because I feel I could beat a 16-year-old. I don't know why I'm going to I feel like you'd have the psychological edge. Yeah. Person. Yeah, I would. I'd be like, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. And then I did a bullseye. <laughs> I think the real problem with me is like, I started this article and as I was reading, I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, because it's the kind of, I'm like, I'm an optimist at the start of the year. I'd really like to, you know, work on something, put the goal, like put a goal in, try and achieve it. And then I scrolled down and I was like, well, this is actually quite a bit of stuff. Uh, it seems like a lot of work. I'm, I'm a few days behind already. Do you know what? Screw it. Next year, this year's a write-off. It's done. There's nothing going in. <laughs> the only New Year's resolution I have um, is and I had the same last year. I'm really going to stick to it this year, which is to quit smoking. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't smoke and never have, which makes it really ah! easy and achievable every year. But when you say that this year I quit smoking at the end of the year, everyone's really impressed with you. Oh my god! Didn't smoke a single cigarette. <laughs> Do you know how I started in the year? I went on a bender with my friend in her house, right? And then I woke up in her house, 
and went down the stairs and her boyfriend had just got in from a park run that's the type of life he has and that's the type of life I had he came in from the park run and he looked around the kitchen where I had built some sort of den with a rose and loads of flowers under a table and pretended it was a coffin and he came back from his kind of park, park run and I'm like this is this is not the life I want to I, lead I hate to say I have a even I like I feel I went overboard in how much of a annoying dad I've become because we were at a party for New Year's and it got to eleven fifty eight and everyone ran inside to be like oh we've got to watch like we've got to watch the countdown and the fireworks and I was like all right we know how this goes let's go and then we caught a cab at eleven fifty nine because you know at twelve o two you are not catching a cab so we went home. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh. That is the ultimate. Oh my god! You sound like a man who loves foreplay, and it's just like I don't need to. I'm fine. I know how this goes. Just you get the point. This was. To be fair, to, to be fair, James, we are the generation that came of age when Y2K was a thing. So uh, at this point, any year that doesn't end with the prospect of the entire immediate collapse of all civilization. It just feels like a bit of an anti-climax. Yeah. <laughs> that brings us to the end of the show. I'm flipping through the ad section at the back. Alison Spittle, have you got anything to plug? Oh, baby, do I have something to plug. It is called A Tour. Uh, I'm doing a show called Soup. It's on uh, the early part of this year. We're going to, like, um, we're going to places like... Oh, I don't even remember the names of these places. One place is Leek. <laughs> and I'm like, is that a place... Um, so I'm, ex- I'm really excited about going there now. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, so go go to my uh, website or uh, my Instagram and you find all details of, uh, of that tour there. Please come to it. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to advertise that tour more. Um, <laughs> yes. And also, if there's any gargler's that are financial whizzes, uh, contact me because my New Year's resolution is to start out my life. And uh, I can I help you to... out. Just buy some gold. It's the oh, yeah, everything yeah, else yeah. Sort of food out. as well. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and James, what have you got to plug? Yeah, I'll pull this out again. It's mentioned before, but uh, the next big thing, which I have in my hand for any listeners, an actual physical copy of this, um, is uh, out at the end of this month in Australia. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, you can contact your bookstore and just, if you bring a weapon, they will find a way to order it in. Um, and I've been everywhere if you're in Australia this week. And in like uh, the, the big issue, which is a good magazine to pick up because it supports uh, uh, unhoused people in Australia. I've got a nice little year wrapping there. I'm in the Sydney Morning Herald. You know, you can't, you, you're probably going to be sick of me by February. So pace yourself, but I'd say buy the book and avoid everything else if you have to. And uh, I'd like to plug Braxton Hicks contractions, which are a lot like being elbowed in your pelvic floor from the inside. Oh, that sounds um, great. Mainly because that's what they are. You can find me online at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts and blogs, as well as my weekly salons and writers meetings. We do two writers meetings a week. So there's one in your time zone and you can sign up to that uh, starting at a dollar a month and uh, it's pretty good. I enjoy it. Other than that, this is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. I'm Alice Fraser. Our editor is... 
Ped Hunter, and our executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.